Welcome to Ion Franchising. Are you looking for business opportunities? Well, you are in the right place. We represent over 650 franchises and business opportunities. We will help you find your perfect franchise for free. We even have a free assessment on our website that will help us determine what the best business is for you based on your investment level, mindset, skill set, and life experiences. This is Ion Franchising, where we share our vision for your franchise future. I'm your host, Lance Growlick. Each week, we will speak to fascinating folks from the world of franchising, franchisors and founders, franchise funders, and franchisees. Are you looking to find your perfect franchise? Or perhaps you are an independent business owner looking to grow and scale your business by setting up a franchise. Either way, our team can help you. Ion Franchising, where you will learn the A to Zs of franchising. Well, hello, everyone. Uh, Today, I have a very special guest, Miss Laura Coe, the co-founder and CEO of Snapology. Snapology is an amazing brand that I'm going to let Laura tell you about it. First of all, welcome, Laura. Thank you for being here. Hi, thank you. It's good to be here. Awesome, awesome. So let's talk. You know, you are the co-CEO of an amazing uh, kids-related brand. I guess I can say that, franchise. So let's hear your, call it franchise journey. How did Laura get to where she is today as uh, the co-CEO of a great brand like Snapology? Yeah, so it's been a little bit of a windy path. I, uh, I actually started in franchising as a franchisee. I uh, actually did it twice as a franchisee before uh, starting Stepology. So, care to say, care to say what brands? Uh, I can. Yeah, well, I will say one of the brands because I'm a, I, I'm a fan. I, I don't know if it's in your portfolio, but I, I uh, at one point owned a cleaning authority. Um, yes. And Absolutely. very good brand, run really well. Uh, I just didn't quite have the passion uh, for it. Gotcha. Um, my location is still still going and still going strong here in Pittsburgh, um, but Whoa. it just my my heart wasn't into it, into that. So I wanted to kind of start something something different. The other brand I felt lacked uh, support, um, and so I struggled a little bit with it. Ended up selling it um, uh, to somebody else uh, to run. So not not quite as much of a success story. But interestingly having been a franchisee twice in a really good system and maybe in a not so good system, I learned a heck of a lot. So when I started Snapology, um, I sort of had some ideas in my head about what I wanted to do and what I didn't want to do with the brand. So it was, so, so it kind of made it a little bit easier to, to start the brand, but, but basically what happened to start Snapology is um, above anything else, I'm a mom. So I, I had a, they're nearly grown now, but I had two little boys at the time. Uh, they were ages four and five, and I was I was searching for new business opportunities, uh, and um, I was also searching for activities for them to to keep them uh, to keep them busy. So as you can imagine, uh, two boys uh, about a year and a half apart in age, uh, I was looking for lots of things to drain their energy, uh, and uh, my my uh, sons weren't that into sports, uh, particularly at that age, and and I found sort of a a lack of um, children's, you know, sort of uh, activities um, for kids that age, four or five, six years old, that weren't sports related. And so, um, so as I was sort of searching for activities for them, as I was looking for new business uh, ideas, I stumbled across um, some folks that were 
doing some things with Lego bricks and doing some things with Connects, which are uh, two very popular engineering type toys. And, and uh, my older son, Sebastian, was a, a crazy Lego kid. I know there are a lot of parents wow. out there that feel I, me on that one. I had, a, I had a few of those. You said stumbled across and I thought of Legos. How many, how many grown adults have been barefoot and, and stepped on a Lego? It does, it's not very comfortable. It is, it is not. I think they have fire walks now where they put Legos down and they try to get people to walk across them. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I was, I was really just trying to be a mom and at the same time looking for a business opportunity. Couldn't find stuff for my kids. And that's when it just kind of hit me. You know, uh, I've got a house full of Legos that I could almost start a business with on my own. And, you know, started to really look into what you can do with some of these engineering toys. And they're just incredible. I mean, what you can robotics and, and you can build bridges with connects and and just the inherent educational aspects of those toys. Uh, so I went to my sister with the idea, said, look, we could do parties. We could do scouting events. We could do classes and camps. You know, what do you think? And she didn't have children at the time, but man, she was all in. She's like, that is great. I would love to do that. So she has a little bit of a different background that, that really kind of complements mine. Uh, and so between the two of us, we, we really just started to, you know, put, put things in action. And we started with a couple of robotics programs in a, a local rec center. We hired some teachers to do curriculum. And I mean, it took off. Now we're going back 11 years now when STEM was really just starting to kind of get a foothold here in the U.S. Right. And, and I think, you know, parents were just kind of chomping at the bit to, to, to get their kids into these type of new STEM activities. Now STEM's been around for a while and, uh, you know, we're still wildly popular, but, uh, but it's been great. I mean, the journey has been amazing. We started with, you know, one robotics program and now we have over 85 different programs that we can offer kids. That's amazing. It's, it's incredible. And it, how many years has it been right now? Uh, well, 2020 was our big 10 year celebration. Um, hey, that that's right. Well. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but now I think, you know, 11 is the new 10. So this is our, right. our big, big 11 year celebration. Everyone, everyone wants a redo Laura in 2020. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So let's talk about that. Um, you know, you had mentioned to me off air, what you call the COVID slide. So let's talk a little bit about what's going on in the world now. Yeah, it's been tough for kids. I mean, honestly, it's been tough for everybody, but you know, my brain sort of, you know, focuses more on our, our littler friends than our bigger friends. But, you know, schooling's been tough. And 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 what our mission here at Snapology is to is to really build a love of learning um, and build that desire for children to do well in school, that desire to pursue STEM or STEAM careers. And COVID was really tough on that. Um, kids, you know, were sort of ripped out of school, ripped away from their friends. Online schooling was difficult. Uh, this past year has been really frustrated between in-person and online and hybrid and synchronous and asynchronous and all of these new words we learned. And, and it's, it's been hard. Uh, and so all the progress that I feel like we made with building this love of learning and, and getting kids doing hands-on interactive play really took a hit um, during COVID. And so, uh, you know, we were, we were lucky. We, we, you know, we transitioned really quickly, put our programs online. Uh, we were able to keep up with some socialization, at least for the kids. But the reality is STEM education is meant to be hands-on. It's meant to be in-person. It's meant to be interactive. So we did the best we could, um, but it was still tough. So, so now as we're coming out of COVID here in the U.S., 
we're really, in fact, we have a whole marketing program uh, designed around rebuilding a love of learning. So we're trying to get kids back to where they don't, you know, they, 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 they like school again, you know, they, they, they have a good feeling when they're learning. They, you know, we want to, we, we need to kind of build that stuff back up and uh, it's working well because parents are also extremely anxious to get them out of the house. And so getting them out of the house and getting them into Snapology uh, programs is great because we're, I think we're really starting to, to correct the COVID slide a little bit. Um, and as we go into the, you know, the, the fall here, we're hopeful that enrichment programs are just, you know, going to continue to, to boom as we've sort of seen in the summer. Yeah, I can imagine once parents got the all clear, depending on where our listeners are listening from, it's like, oh, we're allowed to do this. We're allowed to do that. Great. Snapology. Where's the number? Where's the, <laughs> where's the local location, you know? Um, now, are you doing online? I mean, I know there's some Snapologies where there's a brick and mortar location and there are other franchises that are, that are home-based and, and have facilities they just, they use. So talk a little bit about the different models. Yeah, we're, we're, uh, we, we like to kind of say, choose your own adventure. So we're, we're a little bit of, uh, we're a little bit of everything. The, the crux of the model is really going out into your community. So uh, we do really well offering programs in schools and in recreation centers, libraries, churches. We even go to breweries and do a bricks and brews program. I mean, <laughs> you name it, uh, we'll come to you and we'll provide, you know, a program uh, either for just the kids or even sometimes for the adults and the and the kids. So well, we're beer for the kids. We know that. Yeah, we try to keep the beer away from them. But, you know, that, that's at the parents' discretion, I guess. Right. The kids um, are a lot more fun when they're drinking beer, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, we have we have enough, you know, it's exciting enough at Snapology. We don't need to add alcohol into the mix typically. So, um, but yeah, so so the crux of the model is really this community based business where we can go out and provide our programs essentially anywhere. Um, but then we have two really nice other options. Uh, the first is a brick and mortar discovery center. Um, and we really encourage that from our franchisees. It's really a nice offering. It sort of gives you a home base. Uh, it gives you a place to do summer camps and birthday parties, which, you know, are two from a, from a, a franchising and business owner perspective are two of the most profitable business areas that, uh, that, that we work in. And that discovery center just gives you that, gives you that facility to be able to do what you want when you want and, and bring in that additional revenue. So I like to think of it as sort of a, uh, a mini, uh, a more fun, hands-on children's museum. You know, there's lots of interactive activities and we've got classrooms where we can do things. Uh, and so that's a really nice uh, piece of the business model. And then timing was a little bit odd, but right before COVID hit, we actually launched uh, a bus, uh, basically a hollowed out uh, charter bus where you can uh, offer any of our programs in there. So we hollow it out. You can fit 20, 25 kids in there. Uh, you can do classes, birthday parties, all kinds of stuff. So, so we've got a little bit of that choose your own adventure uh, model, but we really kind of focus on the community-based programs and the, and the discovery centers. That's fantastic. So, you know, with all the franchisees you have and all the territories, so inter, you know, between the U S international, how many total locations these days? 160. Yeah. Yep, just over 100. So I think it's 164, 165. So all of those franchisees, if you thought of like, let's say some of the best franchisees, what are the sort of attributes or characteristics of those particular franchisees? 
It's a, it's a, it's a good question. Um, and a question I get asked a lot and, and I, I've got to be honest with you. I think the number one is passion. Um, and, and it's funny cause my, you know, my son's getting ready to go off to, to college here. And it's the one thing I keep telling him, like, do something you love, you know, don't think about how much money it's going to make. I mean, money's always great. Money does not make you happy typically. Um, you know, think about what you love because then the money tends to follow that, you know, you'll be good at it. You'll get promoted. Or if you own your own business, you'll work harder at it. And so for us, our most successful franchisees obviously have a good business savvy and some, some of those core general skills, but really what makes them good is the passion. They believe in what we're doing. Uh, they're able to, you know, either hire somebody to do it or talk to, uh, you know, their customers and do the marketing and sales. And you can hear the passion in their, in their, you know, voices. I mean, this is an easy program to sell. I mean, we're not selling something that people don't want. Uh, It's typically just a matter of when can you squeeze us in? Um, But if you're passionate about it, the business just takes on a life of its own. Remember the old expression, do what you love and you never have to work a day in your life. Yeah, is that Ray Kroc or somebody? I can't remember. I, I don't know. It might have been Ray yeah. Kroc. I'd have to look yeah. it up. <laughs> yeah. The other one I throw out a lot, and I, I thought it was Tony Robbins. It might not be, but you know, franchising is really all about modeling success. Yeah. And, you know, so uh, there there are a lot of uh, inspirational quotes out there. So um, you know, when we talk about your top, well, talk about your process. So if somebody comes to Snapology, which of course I know about your process because I introduced people to you and Bob, of course, but let's talk about your process. So somebody gets introduced to your brand. What is it like, the discovery day, validation, et cetera, all of that good stuff? Yeah, sure. The beginning of our process, we really just want folks to understand who we are because I think sometimes, you know, you sort of hear about the business, but it's really hard to envision the day-to-day and sort of what you know, you Absolutely. kind of know what it looks like to a kid, but what does it really look like as a business owner? You know, kind of what right. are you doing? And so, you know, we start, sort of start out slow with kind of a, this is who we are. This is what we offer. These are the profit centers, you know, sort of the basics of, you know, really what we're trying to determine is, is it, is it a good fit? You know, is it a good fit for us to have you on our team? And is it a good fit for you and your family to be a part of the team? Isn't that, and isn't so, that so important? I had a CPA recently super brilliant guy, super smart on all kinds of real estate. And he said, I will decide which franchise I'm going to do. Like it came up in conversation. I said, well, let me correct you on something. Franchising is a two-way street. This isn't like buying a house. You know, I mean, you have to, it's a two-way street. (laughs) It starts with that, call it a coffee date. (laughs) Exactly. You have to like each other. They well, I mean, I joke about it, but I mean, it's a, it, you know, typically it's a 10 year commitment. I mean, you know, it, that's a long time, right? We, we have to kind of like each other, you know, we have to be able to work together. Um, you know, not that, you know, we're working together every day, but it, it is a relationship of sorts. And so, you know, we need to make sure, you know, the last thing I want is to bamboozle somebody into buying a Snapology, right? I want to make sure that, you know, I'm not just trying to sell a billion of these things and, and go go sit on the couch and count my money, right? I'm, I'm really trying to build a business. It, you know, I want people to be successful. I want them to love this business as much as I love it. Um, and I'm trying to, you know, really build a, a, a brand that, you know, we all can be proud of. And so I, it, it is really important that uh, it's a good fit, you know, on both sides. Right. 
So let me ask you, there's a lot of uh, what I would call futurepreneurs listening to this, folks that maybe have never been an entrepreneur at all. And they're looking into all of their options out there. You know, why should a futurepreneur look at the franchising space at all? Yeah, you know, and I have firsthand uh, experience. Um, I, I bought my first. Yeah, I bought my first franchise in my late twenties, um, and I, you know, no offense to late twenty-year-olds, but I had no idea what I was doing. I mean, <laughs> I was excited, I was passionate. Um, you know, I think I had a decent business sense, um, but it was hard. It was hard to kind of make that decision, and I ultimately chose franchising because I knew I couldn't build it from scratch. It was I didn't have the know-how. I didn't necessarily even have the desire back then to build all of that. I mean, when you think about building a business, it's not just running the business. That's that's kind of the easy part. It's, I mean, just stuff from an employee application. What hiring forms do you need to have? Um, <laughs> liability waivers for parents. Like there's all, there's like a billion little things that you need to run a business that you don't really realize until you kind of get into the business. And when you go with a franchise, like it's, it, I hate to trivialize it, but it's business in a box. I mean, yeah. you get handed everything. And then if something comes up and you don't know the answer, you've got a whole team of people that can help you with you, it. You, you really just dropped some gold right there because, you know, there, there are people out there that say things like, uh, oh, well, franchising can be expensive. Well, the mistakes that you make when you attempt to run your own business and you goof up something uh, can get incredibly expensive. You just mentioned insurance forms and certain things and liability and all these things that you have have to deal with. And, and not to mention, the average person doesn't have a burning desire to create their own concept. The average person doesn't have their own idea. There's nothing wrong with that which is why a lot of people get involved in franchises like you did when you were in your late twenties and now yeah. look where you are. Yeah, no, I mean that, you know, that's just it. I mean, it, when I, and even when I think about, you know, I started Snapology, you know, when I was a little bit older than late twenties and I had learned a decent amount from my experience, but even for me starting Snapology, I made a ton of mistakes. And some of those mistakes were 10, 20, $30,000 mistakes. You know, they add up pretty quick. And so every single franchisee that I bring on now doesn't have to make that mistake, right? I've already, I've already made the mistake and figured it out for them or somebody else has made the mistake and figured it out for them. So the beauty of franchising is that you have, in my case, at this point, 160 people who have gone before you and, you know, already tried this thing for, for up to 10 years and sort of figured out what works and what what doesn't. And so the, just the, the 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 money you save in that in, in not making your own mistakes more than pays for, you know, the, the cost that you might pay to be a part of a franchise system. Yeah, a lot of people don't even think of that, the collaboration that goes into a, a healthy franchise model, the, you know, the best practices that are shared. And, uh, you know, uh, McDonald's, the filet of fish and the Big Mac, if I got it right, both were created by franchisees. Oh, wow. I don't and, think I knew that. Sort of, you know, shared with corporate, if you will, the franchisor. And they said, wow, these are good. Let's get them in the test kitchen. Let's work on it. Let's perfect it. And boom, you know, you have these, these great products. 
And that's how the best franchise systems work that I've seen. They work very collaboratively. So what's uh, what's on the horizon for Snapology? You guys have had this tremendous growth. You know, you've, you've come through the pandemic just fine. You're going to be in your next big phase of growth. What's the next big thing for you guys in your curriculum, your people, growth plans? Yeah, no, absolutely. So we, we're, we're, you know, really big on building a solid foundation. As, as I mentioned, I sort of was with a really good franchise and maybe a not so good franchise. And so I've always been a big, you know, proponent of, you know, you can always improve and you can always make your systems or your operations, you know, better. So that's kind of a constant improvement plan. I do feel like we have a really solid foundation, like we're there. So at this point, we're kind of tweaking some of those those things. Same thing with curriculum. You know, we've got over 85 different programs, but you know what? Kids are smart and new technology comes out and we have to keep up with that. And so we're trying to do the best we can to make sure that we're, you know, still, you know, rebuilding that love of learning, keeping kids interested. And, and we want to keep them interested until they're, you know, nearly high school age. So we've got to, we've got to be up on, you know, coding and, and drones and, and technology and those, those That's types tough. of things. So we, we can't, we can't uh, slack off there. The kids will certainly uh, let us know. So those are always sort of our, you know, kind of foundational, you know, every year we're sort of working on those, but, but really our focus now is on strategic partnerships. So how can we bring more revenue to our individual franchisees? How can we develop relationships with other brands or other business partners? And how can we set all of our franchisees up for success through some strategic partnerships and, and relationships. So that's that's really been our, our focus probably for the last year or so. And I would imagine, you know, for the foreseeable future as well, really just, you know, I mean, really our goal is to just make our franchisees as successful as they possibly can be. And I do feel very strongly that uh, those types of partnerships are, are really, um, really fruitful, uh, you know, in, in order to achieve those goals. I love it. You're always thinking, I mean, you, you know, you, when you're talking about coding and drones and I'm thinking of all of this, it's like, oh, there's always something coming out because of technology being so ever present these days. So let me, uh, let me kind of switch gears a little bit. So in the world of franchising, you know, uh, what franchises do you visit on a regular basis? So many different franchises out there today. Yeah. I'm embarrassed to say how many times a week I eat Jersey Mike's. Um, Absolutely love it. Best thing they ever did was get on, uh, you know, DoorDash or, or uh, Uber Eats Uber or whatever Eats. it is, because I no longer have to drive out to them. I can just sit and I, I, I'm not really lying when I say probably three or four times a week I have Jersey Mike's for lunch. So big it. fan. Uh, I'm also a big fan of Rita's Italian Ice. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and that one's an interesting story because when I was in my early 20s, I actually tried to open up a Rita's Italian Ice. Oh, wow. Um, but this will tell you how long ago this was. At that point, Rita's footprint only was in Philadelphia, and I was living in Virginia at the yep. time. Um, so I'm, I like to say that they didn't disapprove me. It was that their footprint didn't extend to Virginia. I'm not sure which <laughs> one was exactly true, but I was denied a franchise. So, oh, boy. Uh, so we'll pretend it was because their footprint didn't go that far. But I still am a fan. I love Rita's Italian Ice, and my my kids are uh, are big fans as well, and, and we go there quite often as well. 
Yeah, Rita's is actually part of our portfolio. So that's a it's a fun brand. They've done incredibly well. So let's let's hear more. So what has been the biggest challenge along this this journey? I mean, besides the pandemic, <laughs> what what has been the biggest challenge with between keeping up with technology, uh, obviously keeping relevant, finding the best franchisees and and supporting? What is what is the biggest challenge you guys work on? Oh my, that's a good question. I mean, you know, I, there's different challenges from different perspectives. And I, I think sometimes it's sort of finding the, you know, the right vendors to work with, you know, whether that's vendors from a franchise development standpoint, or even vendors for our uh, franchisees, you know, to work with. And so I think setting up the systems and setting up operations from a franchise system as a whole, I find to be challenging. Um, and, you know, sometimes you, you latch on to a, a good vendor uh, and, and sometimes, you know, you don't. And so I think navigating through that, again, kind of one of the benefits of a franchise system is we sort of navigate that and then hopefully we can pass that on to our franchisees. But, sure. but I think really just finding that right path for some of those systems has, has been a little bit of a challenge. I was going to say the advantage to you by now with uh, almost uh, 160 something locations is there's probably nothing you have not seen yet. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah. And and the other thing is the franchising world is amazing, right? So, you know, franchisors talk to franchisors all the time. And so, okay. you know, having a, a large network of franchisor friends is helpful as well, that we can, you know, exchange success stories and, and talk about things that, you know, that work. So yep. now that I've gotten seasoned enough to be a part of some of those, uh, you know, roundtables and, and, and uh, you know, groups, uh, it's, it's made things a little bit easier. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's great. So uh, did I miss anything today that you'd like to share or talk about? Uh, good question. No, I've, I've, I've really enjoyed the, uh, the conversation and, you know, I look forward to, to meeting your candidates for sure. I mean, oh, yeah. Well, of course, I'm going to continue to introduce all kinds of people to you on a regular basis. So let me ask something else. When it comes to uh, your validation process, many of the listeners are thinking, they're thinking that you know, how do I know with thousands of franchise brands, which franchise brand is best for me? You know, why Snapology? You know, and, and talk a little bit about that validation process, because that tends to be the good, good sort of culmination to the process where you get to validate everything you hope to be true about the brand. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you're looking, I mean, there's what, like 3000 some franchises out there. I mean, it's some it's some 4,000, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a crazy number. And so, you know, I'm a big believer in passion. I think that you can whittle down your your list of what you're interested in into, you know, the areas that you're passionate about, whether it's children or food or pets or sports or, you know, whatever, uh, you know, whatever it is. And, and, and so, you know, when I was looking at franchises, I was too focused on money. And I wanted to find franchises that made money and ultimately ended up selling both of those franchises because one of them did actually make decent money, but my heart just wasn't in it. And so I really encourage people to kind of, you know, follow their gut, if you will. And so in our validation process, that's really what we're looking for. We want candidates who, you know, have the business savvy, but obviously are really passionate about uh, either children or education or engineering or, you know, something like that. And that's really easy to sense. Um, right. You know, the first conversation we have with folks, uh, they, they usually express that passion. 
and and we know that they're going to be successful because they have that. So the so the validation process, um, you know, from our end is really trying to see, okay, are they a good fit? Do they have the passion? Do they have business savvy? And on the candidates part, we want them to do the validation process as well. We want them to talk to our franchise owners. We want them to search their own soul and make sure it's a good fit for them. Uh, you know, really kind of go through it, and 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 uh, you know, it's a lot of money, and it's a and it's a it's a commitment. I mean, we we want people to really be thoughtful about you know making this decision. Laura, this has been fantastic, and I think you've given people a great uh, bunch of insight and information on Snapology. Uh, any final words of wisdom for everyone out there? Well, I will give you my favorite quote, and that is, "It is never too late." to be who you might have been. I love it. Now, who is that? <laughs> I, well, it's it's debated. I think it might be George Eliot, but there are some people that say maybe it wasn't him. So it's a little controversial, I that's think. A, that's a great quote. So uh, <laughs> start on that today, right? That's right. <laughs> Thanks very much. And uh, I'll see you next time. All right. Thank you. Take care. Thank you very much for listening today. Please like, follow, and subscribe so you don't miss anything here at Ion Franchising. Visit our website at ionfranchising.com, E-Y-E-O-N franchising.com, and complete our free assessment so we can assist you in finding your perfect franchise. This is Lance Gralick. Until next time.